You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? Matt here from Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves extreme music and loves craft beer, well, you should definitely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while enjoying craft beers. If you would encourage one of your metalhead beer-loving friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today in the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Craig Thorne of the BAOS podcast, Noah Forrest of Beerism, Nathan Lefebvre of Nathan Does Beer, and we're going to talk about the top 10 Quebec breweries of 2023. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 443. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be back with Craig Thorne of the BAOS podcast, Noah Forrest of Beerism, and Nathan Lefebvre of Nathan Does Beer. Guys, we're here to talk about the top 10 best breweries of Quebec from 2023. Here we go. We're back doing this again. I freaking love doing this. This year, we have expanded what started in 2019 with myself and Matthew, where the lights went off, came up in uh, yeah. um, Facebook it memories. Did, my memories, day. yeah. It was it was a good time. That was the first one when it was in person. So Maddie from Vox and Hops. Then I think in 2020, Uncle Noah from Beerism joined us for the last uh, three years, I believe. And uh, I think that was correct. Four. You're right because this is the fifth one. That's correct. Sorry, you're correct. And uh, then this year, now we're making this a foursome. Hey, hey, hey! I'm always <laughs> drunk. Okay, relax. Uh, this year we're bringing Nathan from Nathan Does Be and Bos. So actually, let's give Nate a round of applause. This is his first one ever. Gentlemen, what a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I mean, it's such a fun time of the year to, to, to get together with people that uh, I love and respect. And we talk about this beautiful province's uh, craft beer scene. Uh, I've literally toured all across the globe this year, and I still stand by it. Quebec's got some strong, strong beer, strong breweries, and I love getting together with you guys and showcasing them. So uh, stoked to go through these top tens. Uh, to remind everyone, uh, the past two years in a row, we had a winner. We've been picking a winner. Before that, we were not doing that. We were just honoring everyone. But the past two years, we declared a winner. Like a brewery and, of the uh, year, when you say winner. The brewery, brewery of, of the, year. the year, yes. Much more better. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was the brewery of the year for the previous two years? Uh, the first two years were both Sankey and Baron in Alma, Quebec. That is correct. Uh, which Nate is wrapping right there. And, um, you know, just just want to, the, the caveat for all of this is that this is our personal list of our favorite breweries from the breweries that we tried. Obviously, there are hundreds of breweries in Quebec. We obviously cannot uh, try all of them. Now I'm in Ontario. Nate is in Ontario, but on the border. So either way, this is probably the least amount of Quebec beers I personally have had. And thanks to Nate, uh, I got a bunch in me, which is uh, always valuable. So I did try enough to have a strong opinion. But if people are like, oh, where's my favorite brewery? Oh, you forgot that. Cool. We just probably didn't have many beers from them. That's really all it was. So The, the side of the list is, is, is by putting our top tens 
independently with no previous conversation and then finding the commonality between all of us so any obviously any that you know all four of us choose then become part of the list and then down from there and you know there's obviously breweries like oval that arguably make some of the best beer in north america or whatever quebec or canada and they're not on well spoiler they're not on our list but that (laughs) doesn't mean that what they do isn't spectacular and perhaps more substantial than than some of these uh breweries on the list but it's largely just because we can't get our hands on it or it's not much that something that we've drank much of or at least all four of us so that's why they don't end up on the list Great True. Point. That's a very good and, point. Pat. And of course, as we're figuring this out, we also needed to like slap Noah on the wrist to tell him that you can't put Masorum on the list four times. Like you like, just put them once and uh, and fill out the rest of your list. It's true. I mean, I think the, at the beginning, the first draft was just ten times in a row. <laughs> I think I think you just four, you, you, and then, you, and you then got confused and started like M E S S. I went downward. I fucking love it. So, okay, the way this is going to work, we're going to basically all of all of the 10 breweries are going to be listed in no order except the brewery of the year is final. They're kind of more set up so that each of us is going to introduce, you know, probably two each with an extra one. I can't remember who it is. I think maybe Maddie, you're doing an extra one there. But the the idea is that we're all going to have, you know, one of us is going to be drinking a beer. Sometimes two of us will be drinking a beer and we'll all just say a few words about it. Maybe some of us will ramble a bit and we'll yap. Otherwise, maybe you might not have as much to say, but that's essentially the format of how this is going to work. So this is not like a counting down from 10 to one. So just to make that abundantly clear, because I feel like don't want people, just want people to understand the, the approach here. So with that, how do we feel about the preamble boys? Do you think everyone knows what the fuck's going on? They know. I feel like we covered it. I feel like, you know, and by no means we're experts. We we just are people that enjoy craft beer, and we're gonna have a good time tonight and showcase, uh, you know, a passion that we enjoy. God damn it! God damn right! A province that makes great goddamn products. Phenomenal product, absolutely phenomenal. So I get to kick it off this evening. I'm gonna make sure everyone gets a round of applause. So the first beer, the first brewery, sorry. Uh, of our top 10 breweries in Quebec for 2023 from BOS, Vox and Hops, and Beerism, and Nathan does be unless you want to have it separately or you're part of BOS, up to you, brother, whatever, uh, is the last two years, the brewery of the year for the last two years, Sankey and Baron. Hell yes. Oh, so I guess that's a spoiler alert. Look, mm-hmm. Sankyam out of control, <laughs> and there's only so much bias we can... I mean, it's not bias. Sankyam are genuinely phenomenal, but all of us are personal friends. I realized all of us have done a beer with uh, a collab game That's true. With Sankyam. Holy shit. That and, is uh, true. Right? And, um, you know, these guys were the... I mean, I've done two. Ooh. <laughs> wow. You want a medal? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got all the medal here. Death medal. Oh, there yeah, that's go. right. There you go. <laughs> so Sankyam, I mean, like... They are arguably the most rounded, well-rounded brewery in Quebec. Yeah. Would I feel yeah. like that's a fair call? Um, they're doing now. I mean, in twenty twenty-three, they introduced um, some Belgian mm-hmm. options, like the tri- uh, triple. I think just like a, um, a few other different ones that are escaping me they right did now. A Patters beer, I think. Patters beer. Yes. yes, they did. I loved that one. They might have done. They did a reset. I don't know if it was this year, and they also did. They do. No, I haven't done like a wit beer yet. I don't think. Or a... no, they did a hefe. They did a hefe. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, they did a hefe because they did the Baron beer. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's German. So, like, they're really gone beyond. I mean, their crispies are out of control. 
Um, you know, they're doing every, almost every style, brown ales, uh, porters, like oatmeal stouts, fucking. And more, and unquestionably more Westies than anyone in the game. I was looking at their end of year summary and uh, 15% of their year's production was American or West Coast IPAs and pale ales. Which is crazy. And I don't think anyone's doing them as good as St. Kiam. I mean, the Westies no. are um, out of control. Just first of all, I know we've been sitting here waiting to fucking drink. Boys, cheers. Cheers to Quebec. Cheers. Cheers, cheers Get to that Quebec. In you. Killer beer. Yeah, and arguably the best Westies in Quebec. I don't even think it's arguable. I think it's matter of fact. Because one, not yeah, that people are doing so. West Coast IPAs anymore. And no. two, the ones that are, it's like they're relearning something that they never did before or whatever. And they just really... Uh, they nail it every time. Every time. It's awesome. I love the return of the West Coast. I think it's it's something refreshing. Uh, when I came home from my most recent U.S. tour, I couldn't drink IPAs anymore. I was done for like a month and a half. I was just drinking Krispies, and I would find myself going to La Canette and grabbing some West Coast IPAs from Saint-Kim, and it was always a refreshing experience. They're so... Like, the fact that they can make like 12 different ones... That I know. So different, different SRM, different bitterness, different hops, different ABV, like the whole breadth of what they do in the West Coast world is, is I don't, I've never seen it anywhere in any brewery in the world as far as that's that, that level of like depth for one style. And they also go hard with Krispies too. And they go hard with, with uh, Haze. It's just, the whole thing is, um, Super impressive, and that's why they got, I think, the Brewery of the Year for the last two years, but we felt two like... Two years in know, a row. Two years in a Top row. Top notch. We did have a conversation. I'm like... <laughs> Can we? Should we give it? <laughs> it felt... It's not to Because it's ridiculous. close. It's, it's, it's goddamn close, because they're so well-rounded. And I think the the you nailed it, Craig, in the sense that, like, Saint-Cambéron literally makes some of the best... Um, New England IPAs in the province, without doubt, in my opinion. There's only a handful of breweries that I'll even buy from at this point because I, I, I don't know. They, 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 I feel like those that have nailed it have really just tightened it up, and and it works. And they're one of them, and one of the best and top three, I would say. And so that alone is quite a feat because that's a style that takes equipment and takes time and, and really getting it right, but. You know, beyond that, every time I pick up a can of something from St. Cam, it's always a treat, even if it's styles that aren't exciting or whatever. There's something about the attention to detail or the the motivation behind producing and distributing styles of beer that aren't trendy, that takes a lot of fucking balls and a lot of effort. Like, for someone to randomly make a Patters beer, like... No one, no one even knows what that means anymore. And like it was from back in the day when like everyone was into Belgian beers, like triples and quads and stuff like that. That some people knew what a Patters beer was, but like fuck, you know, no, no one's, no one's thinking of that now. So to put that on a shelf, like thankfully they've made a name for themselves. So maybe that's how they're able to sell those beers. But anyway, all this to say, they nail everything, and um, well deserved to be the, you know, the top brewery for the previous two years. Um, and I also want to shout out the two collabs that uh, came out this year. So we got to do a an Australian uh, XPA, Extra Pale Ale, for their uh, third anniversary in May, which was the first BOS collab uh, with um, with Sankey M. And this came out like, spectacular. It was such it was so much fun. 
um, doing this. Jacob killed the artwork, even just small details like the Southern Cross on the the thing. And just as always, that's the other thing. The the artwork is always beautiful and just so thoughtful. And uh, oh yeah. The freshest one right now. I know I'm, if you want to talk about this one, uh, Nate. I was going to give you a shout out for it, Nate. So you, you talk about this because it was goddamn good. I'm, I'm really glad that you guys all enjoyed it so much. Uh, yes. So this was the final release of 2023 was my collab with them called Winter Walks. Um, a big 8% double West Coast IPA with a classic Seahop bill of uh, Centennial, Chinook, and Cascade. Um, it turned out absolutely beautifully, um, as, as far as like nailing a really classic double Westie, uh, couldn't, I couldn't have asked for better. They absolutely killed it. And, um, I'm absolutely loving how it's tasting. And it was a real honor to, uh, get to work with them on that. Just the best, man. They're just like, if you haven't tried Sankey M, like I would highly recommend to get your hands on it, whether you go for a trip or talk to someone to get them for you, they're just... You know, so exceptional. And like Noah said, Noah, you nailed it, man. Like, they do non-exciting styles in such a beautiful way that it turns you onto those styles. Like, English milds and all these other different things that normally on the surface aren't sexy, aren't, like, what the kids are lining up for. But there's nothing that they can't do at a top-tier level. And that's, I think, what uh, why they kept getting the Brewery of the Year and why we love them so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very, very deserved. In fact, like, like it would be a sin not to mention them in a top ten list in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's always a, there's this question in my mind of like what makes a brewery a hype brewery and what makes people line up. And I feel like they're always underappreciated. I don't feel like people have really caught on to how good they actually are. I agree with that. Why do you th- think that is? I don't know. It's this mystery, probably marketing and branding and the elusiveness of like the scarcity is has was not there yet so for me the last year and a half or so um i'm far less active with beerism so i mean previous to that like it's not a fucking brag or anything but i didn't need to go out and buy beer very much because i had too much beer being sent to drink and you know that's a you know a blessing and a <clears throat> and a curse but in the last year and a bit i've been going to shops more often picking up beers and blah 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 one thing i'll say is i'm wondering if it's also a timing thing right like they came at a time when the 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 huge lineups and the all that kind of stuff was starting to fade i think like it still happens once in a while but it hype in terms of that isn't what it was. And what I'll say is it, any of the shops that I frequent that carry Saint-Cambéron, they're always sold out within a few days. Like there's never shelf turds where I go anyway, because I yeah. buy them. I buy every time I go there, I'll buy Saint-Cam because it's always reliable. Yeah, maybe it's like a Goza, which is a style that I'm not super into. I might not buy, but everything else I'll buy. And the reliable is always point. gone. Yeah. That's great to hear. And the reliability, maybe that's also like because that doesn't make people line up and get super <laughs> pop and like popular, right? Like the but the reliability, I think, is what a lot of us are looking for now in a different side of a beer, our beer journeys or whatever. When like you know, you don't always want to roll the dice on the newest stuff like we maybe used to. You want something that I'm like, well, I know that Tanky M's Porter, or they like even if you don't like Ghosts, you know, their Ghosts is going to be on point. Like that is what if you're going to put your money on something. It's probably mm-hmm. where you're going to put it. 
And they do have a great, great, great Christmas beer uh, drop that is available everywhere where it's like a present that you can give someone and it's like to that, and from, from like the label right, yeah. is li- literally that i think that's that awesome. was really awesome. yeah they did that last year too the oh, they have and that this is where i'm getting to like yeah there's these friendly flagships that re- reoccur that which is going to be a thematic i think throughout this list for myself this year is the return of flagships and mm. a comfort knowing that if i'm going to pick something up that is going to be good Yes. Mm. I don't know if I'd call it a flagship, but that's such a great point. The first brewery I ever saw do it was Burlington Beer Co. in in Vermont, and they maybe, say, like four times a year did this one double IPA, and then, like, you know know that they've got a recipe that's fire, and they're going to iterate on that recipe, and it's going to keep getting better rather than, like, and I don't have a problem with the one-offs, but the the pro on that is that it's not, one-offs can slap or it can be mid. Exactly. Um, it can go either way. Whereas like that, uh, it's almost like that marketing approach where you do have, you know, these crispies, they'll introduce a new one, but I don't think I've ever seen a beer with or hardly at all, maybe just a variant of a beer, like, but they don't do anything just once or hardly anything just no. once. Everything keeps coming back in and being iterated on, which is uh, what makes it also extra special because all of these beers are worked on and perfected and tweaked. So you know yeah. that the next batch you're going to get is going to be better than the last batch because that's how it fucking works. So, yeah, man. Yeah, and like to that, uh, um, to Matt's point there, it's one of those things of uh, like every December, you know they're going to make Santa Stout. Um, now exactly. two years in a row mm-hmm. and probably ongoing, they're going to make Ad Deux. Um, like exactly. Double, double Douglas has come out in December the last couple of, like the last couple of years. Like those things, if you have that kind of predictability to it, I mean, that brings me back to like for beers that I absolutely love and look forward to every year at the same time. I yeah. love that. And I don't know if it's just me getting older, but it's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So with that, Sakiem, very well deserved. Like you guys said, yeah, congrats. Um, beer two. Uh, Nate, you're up with this one. Yes, beer two. For this one, <laughs> we are going to Quebec City because um, the uh, this one that's come up, another well-deserved one, Brasserie Generale. I've got a lovely Saz Pills here, which I uh, which I already poured out because I was the only one not drinking anything mm. when you guys had the last beer up, and I felt like an idiot. So cheers, <laughs> <laughs> cheers, brother. Cheers, get that. Cheers up, to BG. Another year on the list. I think they've been on the list. Every year, Craig, correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, yep, they're there every year. No, I have not had um, as much from Brasserie Generale as uh, as some of you guys have. Um, but I have, but I have been there once, and uh, like, and I have had the the opportunity to try a few things. And one thing that I know they do uh, like particularly well is their mixed firm stuff, like a lot of oh, their. Yeah. Um, like a lot of their big bottles, uh, like and whatnot, with their uh, like mixed firm stuff, that is really on point. It uh, like, and that's not um, that's not something that just anybody can do. I agree, and that's definitely what I was going to say was that their barrel aging program is probably primarily why they're on the list. Their their other stuff is all really solid. They killed it when the in Haze Wars, uh, which was a project I did last year, where I put up six breweries against each other to make the best hazy IPA with mono hops. HBC 586, that uh, wonky hop that everyone likes to use there from uh, Yakima Chief Hops there. And uh, they killed it in that too. They they put a little drop of uh, 
lactose in theirs, which is against the rules, but I didn't tell them not to, but it was still <laughs> delicious. Uh, but their barrel aging program is is top-notch. And another thing that really, really falls into why I love them so much, it's it's Romain, uh, the, the illustrator that does all their can art, is just phenomenal. It, it's, you know, when, when a brewery has an identity, it's so important. Yeah, and you can see, true. You see that on the shelf right away, and it's a new one that comes out, and you know that the Romain has depicted something new, and you know that you're in for another BG experience. And they had to basically reinvent themselves too, right? Which is a very challenging thing to do, I imagine. I mean, I'm not a entrepreneur or anything, so it'd be interesting your thoughts on this, Craig. But like, <clears throat> if you're a brewery that's known for, I mean, let's be honest, not being any good, uh, and then you have to reinvent yourself into a brewery that is good, and get people to try it and get people to respect it that's that's a big challenge and they did that and they did that through not cutting not, not to say they were cutting corners before but like just being true to the vision and max coming in and really like saying like no toss these barrels like these are done like it's not gonna work like just making those decisions that are necessary to make something that's like super high quality and so the the barrel program that he put together was is amazing and um you know their last release they did a collab with Masorum, they did a collab with uh nano Cinco, which makes sense obviously being the same town and a few others and everything was super solid yeah they, they i remember i'd heard of them because they had like the old branding was like not macro-y but like kind of like the maybe was. The, it was yeah it was old, how would you describe old. that like you know like boreal or, or belgel where it's like sort of craft beer for the masses type of mm -hmm. grocery store beer thank you that's a good way to say it <laughs> it's like that that's what they were going for i think from a business standpoint maybe is try and fill shelves but yeah but also the branding itself was really like yeah paint 20 20 like like old like just very very basic dated it felt dated and you introduced me to them we went there in 2020 um and they still were in the transition from the old to the new so i guess it was around 2020 when they changed it took and a bit of time yeah for them to do the branding over but you were like bro this shit's crazy now so we went and met up with max and sam in there and they were like i was blown away with the haze with everything we had, like the the haze was so impressive, and their crispies got really good over, uh, particularly over the pandemic. They were fantastic. I mean, we did the Sagista La Bière collab there, um, which was just such a phenomenal. That was such a dope collab. I feel like that really that was them showing off. Really, like they killed mm -hmm. all the different styles. Like Gab's like three percent stout had no business so good. being that good. Oh my it god, was yeah, so good. impeccable, and like. Doing even the the strong ale Noah for your, which is just like the arrogant bastard inspired. Being willing to do some obscure style that no one <laughs> wants to drink, the malty mess, and they fucking nailed it, and I loved it, and I drank a whole case of it. Like I, it's I so good. I was so happy, and a it. delicious double westy too. From Maddie, yeah. so just it was just so cool to see them. They were so willing to work with us. I feel like they really believed in a lot of us early on too, and I think that was kind of the answer to your question, Noah, that they leaned into people like us. Because they knew they knew that we they would really spread did. the word. Because they knew that they had a product that we would love based on the things that we also praise. I think that they knew that because it wasn't about like just like sending shit to us. It was about our shit is good. They're gonna like it. They're gonna talk about it. Exactly, and that but that was the thoughtful part 
of the rebrand to try and get people to understand it. And I felt like they, they were genuine though. Like Max been on the pod like four times. They did link up. Um, they invited, I mean, I think Noah and Matt, you boys both went out there for the events, but they invited me every time they, Max always sent me a message. Hey man, I know it's kind of far, but or if you're able to come through, I'd love to you guys, you know, take care of you or whatever. I'm like, man, they're just really genuine. The whole vibe of the of the place was great. Unfortunately, well, I went to the Limwalu um, pub, which was now closed, and they just went back to the um, original pub in Charlesburg, I think it's called. But I so I didn't actually get to go there. But yeah, man, and the, and Noah, you did this uh, the collab, the stout collab. Yeah, Stoutism. yeah. So like, yeah, I got to go in and like. I mean, I was gonna say climb the, but I was watching Max climb the fucking thing. <laughs> Basically, just like pull nails on all these barrels and just have like 50 glasses on the table and, and do a blend to create like a, you know, Imperial stout slash Imperial Porter slash whatever dark stuff we had going on in those barrels and put something together. Um, it was by far the most educational collab. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but all my other collabs, I didn't, really have much say aside from like oh this hop might be cool or blah 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 but this literally felt like I was creating something because we were blending on site and we made the decisions together and then whatever like it was a a collab of tasting more than brewing because the beers were already brewed it was like how do we piece these beers together to create something special and so that in and of itself was pretty special I think for me anyway um yeah uh, that, i think you're right that's such a cool way to describe it like you were actually creating it rather than like sprinkling salt on it you know what i mean like you go yeah. hey take the photo pouring the hops in the place exactly thing. Like, <laughs> you're going to take take the mash out yeah exactly exactly Here, here's the show. The fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like collabs are fun and it's just marketing but that is another level and i think that's i, I would love to do something like that because i feel like that's really how you get like your hands really dirty and the end product truly, truly is something that you tasted and you're like, that's it. Fine. And uh, you might be there for hours tasting this shit, trying not to get too lit and figure out what you like True. with palate fatigue on a 12% stout or whatever, you know, like it's true. It's a lot, bro. So sounds like um, fun. Sounds like so much fun. <laughs> I'm in BG. Congrats to BG. Phenomenal stuff. Well-deserved. I think all five years, on the BJ list. is a great brewery. It's uh it's a beautiful thing. So all right, Noah, you're up with the third uh third brewery. So the the third brewery is a brewery that I, I would assume has been on the list or almost on the list through this entire um time we've been doing this, but it is um Brewski. So I'm drinking um hundred percent single hopped IPA that is with Nectaron, uh, what you guys have had or tasted and your thoughts on that hop. Because it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's pretty new. Yeah, New Zealand um, hop, it's the best. It is, yeah. yeah it's really One of those other ones good. that's making a big splash with uh, um, with uh, with freestyle all over the place. Uh, well, I actually had the, it just occurred to me that I had the pleasure of, the last time that I went to Brewski was with our friend here, Nate, for his birthday in Montreal. Right, in down yeah. We went and um, I always enjoy the food's good too, and I always enjoy their beers. They're, I think that there's, I think some people see it as a flaw because, or maybe not a flaw, but like it's not to their palate because 
I'm not going to say their beers are green. They're not that green, but they do carry this very like heavy vegetal quality. Mm. Um, and I, I guess it's like their dry hopping techniques or whatever they do. I think for some people who are sensitive to it, it's like big onion, big garlic kind of flavors. I'm not sensitive to it. And I kind of dig having those like little elements as long as it's not too much. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit of that in this beer, but um, this is actually... I, I, first time having it, it's one of the the best I've had from them in a while. It's really fucking good. Um, but yeah, like they consistently do great IPAs. They kind of started the smoothie experience yeah. in Quebec, basically. I would or, say in Canada. Not started it, but um, perfected it early on. Um, you know, it's it's it started as a gimmick the smoothie thing a little bit, but they're still tasty, and every once in a while I'll have one. Um, they've improved on their stouts too, I believe. Oh, uh, yes. I haven't had a ton, but yeah, they, you know, they start going down the, like, just more simple, thick barrel aged stout stuff. And they're still doing the pastries on the side, but it's kind of like Missorum does that too now, where it's like, they'll do pastry stuff, but then they'll have like single barrel wild turkey imperial stout or something like that to kind of keep it a little bit more straightforward so yeah i mean you know guillaume uh, and derek they're always doing great stuff and so it would be hard to have a top 10 in quebec to, that didn't include them in my opinion yeah. hands down hands down i, I always so. whenever p- people write me they're always like where do i go in montreal Brucey's always on the list. They've always been on this yep. list. Uh, they make the best smoothie sours, hands down. Uh, a lot of people have jumped into the game after them, but they still do it the best. And it's always a funny thing when the the new brewer comes in, and you know that their job is going to be to blend that frozen block of frozen <laughs> of fruit into this uh, thing that gets sucked into the the brew tank you know it's a shit job but it's delicious uh the food is good there's some vegan options it always makes me happy uh the coolest thing about brewski is the location it's right downtown old port it's also a huge constraint to them because they are renting from the city they can't own that building and they literally just opened up a whole new section yes called lennox correct me if i'm wrong there correct and that took them a long time uh that was a project in the works for a long time so congrats to them for that but space has been a, a big issue for brewski for the past five years let's say so that's why the barrel aging program is not been developed but i imagine now with lanex opening hypothetically there's more space for them to start building upon that and all of us knowing derek and his mind you know that he's ready already to tackle that so i love that it's in the old port because then there's a bunch of simple beers for tourists that are just going to stop there not knowing that it's a hyped up craft beer bar you know it's just a place where they can sit and have a beer and have a blonde ale they always have very simple beers all of those are delicious as well we can't have a top 10 in Quebec without Brewski. The the collab that you did with them at uh, maybe two years so ago. Brutal Juice. Brutal yeah. Juice. They should bring back Brutal Juice. Come on. I'm sorry to say, the idea scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, I thought it was going to be trash. Especially the acidity <laughs> mixed with the coffee. That's what, what, what worried me the most. Because for me, when you have bitter coffee and fruit, it creates like an instant like uh cough syrup taste that did not 
No, because Derek was there. Derek was in control, worked. not me. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I loved it too, and I, I've teased him a few times about bringing it back. Let's bring back Brutal Juice. Like it really is wild to have like such a hype brewery in such a kind of quintessential tourist area of the city because that is because that's really not typical. You would generally not expect to go to the most touristy part of a city and find uh, like find any craft brewery there. Never mind like one of the most hyped up breweries in the province. Yep, definitely agreed. I was in Montreal for the first time since I uh, moved out here to Ontario in August, and the first place we got to the hotel and sort of freshened up, and then I went straight to to Brewski and caught up with uh, Guillaume and Derek, and they had just opened that Lanex part. They were like there was a soft opening was like that day. And so I got to see that and they, you know, they were showing me, they brought out a bunch of food that they were like testing. The, the chef kept bringing it out and stuff. So we got to try some of like these crazy, like smoked meat and all this stuff. It was delicious. And like, it's, you're right. It's so, I always tell everyone to go there. My cousin comes from Australia. I'm like, cool, I'm taking you. You need to try real smoothies from like the best. And I've had a bunch in the States and I kind of think they're better than the ones in the States too. Um, everything there the haze is impeccable i don't get the vegetal thing as much but they have a very distinct uh approach to the haze and they, do you know what's funny when i was there with them uh, i was i was hanging out with both of them for maybe an hour or so before i came and met you maddie at meso and, and noah and um they were like pouring them for the three of us and then straight go no i don't like this and they're just shitting on their own beers just so like picking on their own stuff. And I was like, oh, I hadn't really seen like brewers are always kind of hard, but I hadn't seen them. So I thought it was great. What he was saying he didn't like. I was like, I don't know. This is good to me, man. Uh, I, I like, like that. But that's why breweries are I, most most of the ones on those lists, I'm sure, are very hard on themselves. And that's when you're good. You're 100 percent correct. And the other thing, just I, I think maybe, Noah, you mentioned in the intro here, Nate, you might have got I think you got some for me and my friend Fred got some others, but some of their bottles, their, their stouts. Um, the, in 2023, and they were so good, man. Like they, they were they really a, good. Yeah, they had a stout barley wine blend that Mage, I think it was called. Um, yes. Oh God, that, that's that's my favorite what, discovery style of 2023 was a barley wine stout blend because I'd never seen them before. But Canada Same. did one. I uh, fucking um, yeah. Um, Third Moon did two now. Um, of course, the uh, the Brewski one. So like the, every time I see one, I bought. They just I feel like whatever they do and kind of what you were I forgot who it was acknowledging like the Blondale's always there I think Maddie it was you saying that but like everything that they do there is really thoughtful from the food like the food is really thought and it thought through and they've got their like bakery upstairs now in the in the yeah. main pub yeah um which is cool they just it's they a very make all cool, their own breads it's unbelievable it, it's such a cool business man like it's really good and i just feel like they're good dudes um they've always been great with me derek's been really smart like really great approach to it hard on themselves trying to do the best really cares every time i see them they're just so like straightforward like they i don't know i just like them a lot i just think they're good cats there's and, no ga- and, there's no gaslighting which is awesome having a respect for something that's almost absurd in, in the sense that like yes ultimately cleaning uh creating that ultra clean crisp blogger where you can't hide behind any adjuncts and other flavors is a very um, difficult thing to perfect but making uh, an 8% smoothie sour with cream cheese on it and it not being disgusting (laughs) is also a feat and like I'm saying it like 
kind of like sarcastic, but I'm I'm not. Like what I mean is like that's not an easy thing to do. Like creating something with an idea where all these things can go along, wrong along the way, and then doing it in a way that's actually delicious um, is a challenging like alchemist type thing that that guy nails really well. Big shouts to Brewski. Keep fucking killing it. I'm excited to to continue to get more of the stuff uh, this year and uh, see how they just keep progressing, man. And um, fuck yeah, get down. Beauty. All right. Fourth one. Um, number four spot. I, I'll take this one since uh, I've been drinking uh, their beer the whole time. It's uh, by a brewery that I love, uh, ran by a dude that uh, whenever I pitch him any freaking idea, he's always in because he's the best. I'm talking about Kanawaki Brewing. I've been enjoying this. It's um, probably one of the last ones I'll drink on the podcast because uh, this project is wrapping up as Metal Injection presents Vox and Hops' Pit Culture. Uh, this is one of the five collabs that came out for the Vox and Hops fifth anniversary here in Quebec. I dropped 30 of these pit cultures across the globe this year uh, from Japan to Australia to, to Mexico to Denmark, the States, Canada. I'm forgetting some, but that's okay. This was a collab with Mutoid because I hosted the event for the fifth anniversary at Mutaid and uh, I had to put them together because uh, they're so goddamn metal and I love that and Drew's metal uh, so this is uh, an India pale Kolsch because uh, K-Town tends to make a bunch of great haze and Mutaid tend to make a bunch of crispies it's delicious it's uh, 5.8% it's uh, light it's refreshing it's like floral just delicious I've been really enjoying it this whole podcast so far um, more about K-Town they make killer haze. Like, that's really the top, hands down, uh, their strongest point for sure. They have been exploring different styles this year. Uh, Drew is uh, he's a hustler, and I like that about him. And he's uh, always very... Um, supportive of anything that I come up with. He hosted uh, Haze Wars uh, for Vox and Hops this year. I actually sort of built Haze Wars. I'll be honest about it on the podcast now. I built Haze Wars hoping to showcase K-Town's Haze because I feel like they're really underappreciated and they didn't win. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, we still had a great time. and they, they, I, It was a really, really very, very hard contest drinking six IPAs that look and smell and taste basically the same it was it was extremely difficult the palate fatigue was instantaneous and the one that won was the one that wasn't hazy and we'll talk about them later on the list which is a spoiler for people that know who won and it wasn't hazy it was clear like this and the fact that it was different i think it stood out for people but k-towns was solid as hell uh they've been exploring with different styles recently which is something uh, that i appreciate and their can art is always on point yeah it really is i think i knew drew back when he was the president of the montrealers homebrew club and me and scotty uh, my old co-host we were supposed to like uh, judge their competition so i've been talking to drew since like 2016 17 and to see him sort of open up kanawaki and, and what he's done there with the level of the quality of the haze and stuff is just been spectacular i feel like their crispies are great their stouts are great um and the other thing kind of like bg i feel like they're just like you just with the shits and they just fuck with us and we've done i've easily done the most ridiculous beers with as far as collabs 
Always a yes. Drew's the man. The zero out uh, the bridge, I think it's called, is great too. Um, I just feel like they're doing some really fun stuff. It's a, it's the only they wrote the liquor laws for craft beer on the island of Canada or the the uh, res, reservation of Kanawaki. Like that's how important that brewery is to to what they've done in their region. And it's like they can break the rules because they're in Quebec, but they're not in Quebec legally. Mm-hmm. So they can bring in like I arranged. We did a bunch of uh, uh, parties that I didn't even go to, but I. Organize tap takeovers, yeah. tap takeovers with Godspeed, with Third Moon and stuff out there because they could—they're the only ones who could do it without having any legal issues because they can do what they want. So they've got a really unique space out there. They've been doing events and stuff, and you know, Drew's a great dude. Emily, his wife, is wonderful. You know, um, she works with it a lot, and I don't know I just really—I—I I think they're good people doing. Sorry, great people doing great stuff, and they definitely deserve recognition. If you are coming to Montreal. It's worth a little excursion. If you're coming from Ontario, go there first. It's on the way to Montreal, really. Always but, on my list, too, when people ask me where should I go. As much as it's, you know, the beer is important, but you're so right in in, in the people, too. Like, I ran into <clears throat> both of them at um, Bière and Saveur uh, this summer, and I got to meet their kids and go around and, like, hang out with them for, like, half an hour. It's always a pleasure. Like they're just hilarious people, and Drew's just nuts and fun, and the beer is awesome. Um, and yeah, it like I won't go on and on about it because I think you you guys nailed it. But yeah, it's it's a it's a pleasure to go there. It's a pleasure to get their beer. Um, maybe one day they'll be on distro, and I'll probably get more of it because right now you have to go there to get it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like twenty twenty four is the year. I'm putting it out there. They will get distro. I hope, I hope, I hope. And shout out to Amanda, too, uh, one of their main brewers. Yeah, she's great. Has been doing great, 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 great stuff. Uh, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Cryptopsy's beer uh, with uh, Kanawake Crisp Topsy. Um, it's, it's, it's so good. literally one of my favorite beers that they make. And it's not just because it's my band's beer. It's so good. You know, like a hoppy pilsner. He came we came up with that idea back in twenty twenty when it wasn't a popular style. And now look at them, they're everywhere. So so way to go, Drew. Way to go, crew of K Town uh, for consistently making it. They make it four times a year. It's becoming like a part of the rotating flagships and I am stoked about that and the rest of Cryptopsy are stoked about that too. So Crisp Topsy, get your hands on of people from K Town. Um so this brewery, uh, typically Noah would talk about this one, but uh, I happen to have some. I'm passionate about this. The This brewery is a brewery I lived around the corner from for nearly 10 years, um, and uh, I probably didn't drink it as much. I've drank this beer and this brewery more here in Ontario than I ever did in Quebec, and I think it's one of those things. Now, Nate has got me a whole bunch of it. Um, the brewery, hang on, let me get my thing ready, is Judas CL. Yeah. So, like, I didn't, I obviously loved Peche. I went to Peche. Peche Day was actually my favorite festival of the year, the regular ones. Peche Day was so fire. Obviously, they're triple OGs. I think, what, 25 years they celebrate in 2023, um, which is so cool. The Peche Motel is the best coffee stout, I would say, in the world. I'm drinking the 2021 uh, bourbon um, version right now. I gotta go grab it, but I have the first batch of cans that they dropped only in the LCBO here in Ontario, so I haven't Ooh, drank. I want to see it. Yes, I'm gonna go. I'll go grab it when you guys. Take me, I forgot to bring it, but yeah, man, like 
This beer is all I've had from Judas CL all year. I've got the four packs of the De Winter. I always get the Peche four packs. Um, if possible, Nate hooked me up this year or 2023. And I've kept, I brought some stuff with me and I've, uh, you know, Nate's kept me kind of hooked up. And now that it's at the LCBO, I'm even more stoked. It's just the most perfect beer. And I know the Judas CL do a bunch of phenomenal stuff. Typically, if people came to visit from out of town because it was around the corner from the crib and because it was such an iconic brewery, I felt like if you visit Montreal, you need to go to the original Laurier brew pub. But yeah, man, they're just like, they can't do any wrong. I mean, you know, the morality and, and like, there's just a phenomenal, legendary, like Hill Farmstead collab. Um, sorry, Alchemist collab um, that you can't go past. I mean, all, you know, the sours, their, um, what's the, the, the Dete one, what are they called? Oh, the Sorcis Dete, and they, they expanded that a lot this year with a bunch of different variants. Which is so cool, uh, you know, and now just changing of the label, which was really didn't get received very well at the time, but now I think everyone's, it's, it looks great. I don't care. You got to move on, right? Um, I don't know. They're just exceptional. Such an exceptional brewery, man. Um, I'm going to go grab that other can if you guys want to jump in and say something just so I can show you what that looks like. I'm actually drinking... Uh, 2015 Pinot Noir barrel aged Del Nievelante that I found in the cellar. It's way past its prime, um, but it's still drinking well. And that's something that I've written about and talked about a lot is how they still use 341 mil bottles with twist tops. And in my experience for aging beer, there is no, I mean, aside from maybe Lambic, there is no brewery that's ever made beer that ages as well as CNCL. And these small bottles, which means they oxidize faster. And then on top of that, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it just proves that there's no difference between Twist Up and fucking the other ones because there's this perfection every time. Um, Pesci Martel is, without question, my favorite beer ever. I drink too much of it all the time um whenever i can get it yeah like in the summer i get really mad i have to go like find it in stores that you know have it as shelters there's no there's no comparison to that beer because there's no i think nine is it nine or 9.5 it's 9.5 yeah um beer that drinks like that you can pour that beer into a pint glass and drink it and not you know feel like it's labor intensive like it's just uh, unbelievable the most balanced beer in the world i mean like you're saying like they kind of started the sour game in quebec with solstice d'été i remember people trying it at the time which was their raspberry berliner vice before berliner vices were a thing um and drinking that beer and being like this isn't beer this is weird sour dry raspberry juice to their barley wine, their bourbon barrel aged barley wine, Solstice d'Hiver, which is also one of the best barley wines out there. Anyway, I love the accessibility, morality. I did go to the new brew pub um, a few weeks ago, and it's pretty cool. How is it? Is it like it's bigger? It feels bigger. Oh, I mean, clearly it is. But like, did they well, did they use the space to expand the brewery section, or was it to the tap room? It was for seating. Um, okay, that's great. But they, but they almost set it up in a way where it's two spaces. So, like, as usual, I, I, whenever I'm going, it was a random night. It was, like, a random Wednesday or Thursday evening at, like, 7 o'clock. So 
even though that's not like prime time, I thought it was going to be jam packed. And when I went in, it really wasn't. And they actually only had one of the two sections open. But what's good about it is that if you on a Friday or whatever, even if it's jammed, I'm sure they can find space for you because it's like they have two, almost like two different rooms with two different bars. That's great because that was the biggest pet peeve going there. Um, was to, it was, was really tiny, yeah. I have to say that uh, on this list, I've probably drank the most ZCL this year, honestly. Oh, cool. So what did you have? Like I, a bit of everything? Or? I enjoy a lot of stuff and everything, and it's... Maybe that I'm getting older and I like the the magician. (laughs) Uh, The magician makes them disappear. But uh, they're accessible and I feel comfortable. I, I'm getting older, right? So, so, so. Well, you I like enjoy flagships. a lot of stuff and everything. It's like, <laughs> I'm getting old and I like comfort. That's the episode name. <laughs> sorry, man. Keep talking. Keep talking. Wow. So Props to have kept a straight face throughout all of that. While Craig and Noah were just absolutely pissing themselves. <laughs> I'm just uh, messaging that to the group so we do not forget that quote. This is. <laughs> <laughs> This is Matt's equivalent of me falling over and breaking my arm on the fridge. Um, I drank Moralité. They they dropped uh, La Petite Moralité, which I thought that I wouldn't like. And then I I freaking loved it because I hate session IPAs. But I didn't realize it wasn't a session IPA. It's it's, it's like a light pale ale, which is definitely like becoming a new trend because a lot of people like to drink more beer than less beer. And if you're crushing four IPAs, 6.5%, it hits you. If you're crushing four at 5%, it's not so bad. They dropped a smoked lager in the fall, which was just delicious. I, I can't oh, remember yeah. the name. It was a strange name. Uh, and when I came back from the States and I just couldn't handle IPAs, I crushed so many smoked lagers. Oh, uh, I love them. I, I can't love them enough. I'm sad that I was on tour in uh, September when they celebrated their 25th anniversary. I was on tour because I'm in a band. And, oh. uh, <laughs> <What kind of laughs> it's extreme death metal. And oh, okay. uh, I totally would have been there. I, I'm sad that I wasn't there because I was there. I can't remember when it was. I think it was probably five years ago when they when they did the same thing in that church location. And I remember I had just oh, started yeah. Vox and Hops. And I remember seeing like a media line and being like, one day I'm going to be there or something. <laughs> like I had this like mindset of like envisioning that I was going to be like there and I was on tour. So so uh, massive shout outs to Judiciel. <laughs> I haven't been to the new renovated uh, space yet. I want to go. I will go. And I definitely, definitely, definitely want to get JF on the podcast. It's something that I've been wanting to do for, for many years since I did the something for with Maldiad de la Biaire. And whenever I'd ask him a question, he'd close his eyes while answering. And I was like, man, this guy's an artist. I want to hang out with him. I want to have him on the podcast. I'm putting that into the universe. All of the acclaim that... Uh like that judiciel have well well deserved and for for peche martel in particular i mean it is celebrated worldwide on an uh, on an annual basis there are like breweries and beer bars around the world that hold peche day events uh, like all the time which is just wild uh like one of the like one of the most acclaimed beers in the world brewed right here uh, like brewed right in quebec it, like which is pretty spectacular and um thinking of peche day like, like of course uh like peche mortel 
triple OGs, uh, like as we've already said. Um, but like, I really look forward to the Peche Day releases every year. And uh, while like like while some of the four pack uh, like are not always to my taste, particularly if they've got any fruit in them, as uh, like as Noah has well documented in the past. Um, the ones that I do look forward to too much. Those fucking mirrors, but yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? Uh, like uh, they've appreciated your feedback on that, and uh, like I think they've taken some notes from <laughs> like from that in the past. I think like the like the Ceres one in particular was one that uh, they oh, took man, some notes yeah. on. Um, but in any case, no, but I'm here to talk about the good ones though. Um, but like what I look forward to in those packs and like, and it's pretty much guaranteed that some kind of variation of this every time there's going to be a bourbon barrel age version and a Peche latte version. And like the Peche latte is fucking money every time. My God, we are halfway, gentlemen. We are halfway through. We are halfway. We're, this is, this, we're at number six right now. Nathan's introducing this one. Yes. So this is uh, so this is a brand new one on uh, on the top ten this year. This is a brewery that over the past year, uh, like has kind of, like has kind of just really really blown up and uh, and like that I've re-explored um, uh, this past year. This is from Saint Flavie, Quebec, uh, Le Catch. I- I'm drinking Doc sixty one. Craig is drinking Doc twenty eight. Um, we, uh, we, we can get into those, uh, those series in, uh, like in just a second, but, um, a little background on the brewery. So St. Flavie is, is on the South shore of the St. Lawrence. If you, uh, like if you were to go to Quebec city and basically keep driving up the South shore, um, in about three hours, you'd hit, like, you'd hit Ramouski, and if you drive another half hour past that, you'll get to Saint Flavy. So in Saint Flavy, there's uh, like there's this restaurant called Microbrasserie Le Catch. It is their location is right on the river. They've got a back patio, which is like which is basically right on the beach. It's one of the most picturesque brew pubs I, I've ever seen. Um, and interestingly, the first time I was there. They had they like they had next to nothing there. In fact, they were mostly serving uh, like other people's beers. It was like they had like the pit caribou, pit caribou roos, and uh, like and blonde something like that, and like really nothing particularly memorable. And so, like, so I didn't think much of them at the time. But then it was a case of about six months after that, I saw Badlands doing a collab with them, and I was scratching my head. I was like, wait a minute. Badlands can't be like, can't be doing a collab with uh, a collab with Lecatch. They didn't have anything there, and then I like then start digging into it a little bit, um, and I realized that they were kind of only just ramping up their brewing pro- program about a month after I had been there that time. And uh, and Troy from Badlands was telling uh, uh, Craig and I that like no like be like these guys make legit fire haze, and I'm like okay next time next time I'm visiting my in laws who are like who are in Ramouski just about half an hour from them I need to get back there and check the shit out. Um, and like, so I went back and it is absolute insane. Um, they, like, I would say right now, and Craig will back me up on this. I think they are making the best haze in Quebec right now. There's no discussion, but uh, like, it's, it's wild. Like they've absolutely blown up, um, with the, uh, like with the level of product that they're producing and kind of, 
they, like the market that they've explored, the people that they've worked with all across Quebec and Ontario, they've done like they've done collabs with MSRM. They've done um, like they've done a collab with Kanawake. They've done, uh, they've done ones with Third Moon with Badlands. Um, they've done ones with Slake. Um, I'm, pro- I'm probably forgetting a couple others in Ontario, but um, um, and they've got a. So, so their whole thing is all of their beers are nautical themed in um, like in name. Um, so most of their IPAs are part of this doc series as uh, like as you saw. And another thing with theirs is all of their IPAs are brewed with um, with local honey as well. That's uh, like that's a thing that they do in all of their beers. And um, and for those who aren't familiar, like honey, when it's in beer, it, like it's a very easily fermentable sugar. So it doesn't usually add a whole lot of sweetness. But I, what I find is it usually adds a bit of earthiness to it is what uh, like is what ends up coming through. So that becomes a bit of a signature character. Floral mead thing, but just like hints of it. Exactly. So that's a pretty signature character in their IPAs. We hinted earlier at, um, at uh, like at a special hop that we were going to mention later, and this is that moment, which the one that Guillaume described as the cheat code hop. And uh, Craig, do you want to reveal what that cheat code hop is? It is Peacherine, freestyle Peacherine. It is easily the greatest hop in existence. Uh, Nate got me maybe six to eight different uh, Le Catch. It is. This was the last one of the batch I went through them pretty quick because it was sort of getting to around that month age, uh, you know, sort of uh, time frame. One of you described to anyone listening what freestyle is, unless someone did and I was... No, we didn't. Great question. So freestyle hops is just a hop farm in New Zealand. So they are probably the premier hop farm. Um, and, uh, that's why when I say freestyle, it's directly from them. So they do all the most incredible, uh, stuff, you know, Petrine, Nectaron, Superdelic, the Nate's talking about, Waimea, Rakao. Moteca, Muter, like all, all of, you know, uh, what's the other one? Another R one, whatever. There's a, so many. Rewaka. Rewaka. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Thank you. Yeah. Rewaka's amazing. Like New Zealand hops are leading the world right now as much as there's a lot of Cascade right now too. New Zealand Cascade is a total different to Pacific Northwest Cascade. It's phenomenal. And, and Peacherine is, I'm not joking. This smells like, like I love smelling. I don't know about you boys. I love smelling the can afterwards uh, after I poured it. And because all this, the hops are sitting at the bottom of it. Uh, well, that's why I swirl it to get most of it out, but you get a bit of that aroma kept in there, like heady top of shit. It's a and, particular aroma that's a bit different than when you stick your nose in the glass. And I, I can't explain it either, but I do do it. It's not better or worse. It's just different. I don't know. It's like it's concentrated and like almost like gas like. Like there's like a fume to it. Like it's intense. Yes. Like, uh, I, I, that's a great way. It's fumey. It's intense. But this particular one, because of the peacherine, literally, you know, like those little kids, uh, like fruit cups, not the jelly ones, but like the regular, it smells like a peach fruit cup. It's that like sweet, sticky peach juice. And the, the actual, cause it's a double one. Well, it's like, I didn't realize, but who cares? I'm getting lit. This was the, the body is insane. It's so creamy. It's gorgeous. Color is gorgeous. Yeah. I think for me, and I would like to hear you guys' view on this. They're like, um, in terms of you know the the very specific niche of modern New England IPAs, I feel like they're the third moon of Quebec. Whereas in what I mean by that, because <clears throat> like previously I would say Basorum is that in terms of like image, style choices, stuff like that. But Masorum has a sharper, 
drier profile. And what I noticed about Third Moon, and sometimes I love it, sometimes it's too much. It's sweeter, it's maltier. It's it's that like it has that viscosity, that richness that and which is nothing wrong with that, but it's like it's like this even just looking at the color that you were pouring out there. The Soren beers don't look that creamy. Like not a good or a bad thing, but they're like that shit is so dense like uh so it, it must like it's got a richness to it a sweetness to it it's, it's not to say that a nine percent masoran beer isn't going to be sweet but i feel like the the catch beers are on the sweeter side in the same way that like third moon is a bit on the maltier side that's a fair point that's a fair point and but maybe- amazing and, and love to have that as an availability in quebec now because not everyone. I don't want everyone to bring brew the same fucking beers. I want. I want there to be diversity. Sometimes I want a sweeter beer. Sometimes I want a drier beer. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point, man. I feel like they add something to the market. Like whilst once again I don't have a physical presence there. Like I tried enough different stuff in 2023 that I'm like, oh, this stood out because it was so different to everything else. Like Brewski, super different. Like these guys, so different. There's actually a few more. Actually, almost every every brewery coming up do incredible haze. So like, you know, Kanawaki, I didn't, I probably had the least Kanawaki last year. Like everyone's doing something quite different. I don't feel there's like same old haze in Quebec from, from the, the top five to 10 breweries who are, who are doing it the best, which is what makes it a well-rounded market. <clears throat> and I, yeah, I feel like this is the one that is going to be the, the brewery to watch in 2024 as far as like that world i feel like when more people discover it maybe for that reason no i didn't think about that like the sort of comparison with third moon as far as the the stylistic approach like i feel like when people start getting when the hype boys really get their fucking like hands on on this and understand how good this is it's going to change for them i'm excited now because i i literally have not had any other beers except for their collab with boreal which was not made by them but by boreal uh i did enjoy a few of those they were they were tasty as goddamn hell uh but i'm excited now because i've literally never had one of their beers so when you make these top 10 lists and there's four people in the that make their lists uh sometimes there are concessions that happen when the a certain particular brewery is on multiple people's lists and not on your list it's just the way it is so so i'm stoked for the catch i want to try it now so so Kevin from La Canette, uh, if you're watching, listening to this, go get some, go, go, go get some Le, Le Catch so I can try some. Yeah, absolutely do that. It's, uh, and it, it's one of those things right now that um, they, they don't distribute widely outside of the region the entire year. Um, being where they are, they've got, uh, like, they've got a very tourism-driven um, market be, uh, like because they're like they're kind of a through point between um, like between Quebec City and Gaspé Z and whatnot. Um, so they, they, they've got like huge summer business that way, um, and uh, like so so there's big seasonal dips and uh, like peaks and valleys through it. So their distribution channels they like they kind of don't push it as much at certain times of the year. Like and right now is one of those ones where they're not, like where they don't distribute very far outside of the region, but. Um, they have previously um, distributed further out at different times, and uh, you know, fingers crossed for you guys in uh, like in Montreal that um, you know you'll be seeing some um, at uh, at La Canette and uh, get Kevin to uh, you know we can put him in touch with Guillaume and, and, and get him to push him hard for it. <laughs> 
Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. We're in uh, six beers in. My neighbors, um, which have been on the list uh, since they've opened every single year, I'm talking about Melon, um, just killing it, killing it, killing it. Um, I don't know how the, the crispiness of it all is just so goddamn good. Talking about uh, light haze, they crush that. So goddamn refreshing to have a brewery that has their own identity right out of the gates. I think it's so interesting to, to watch people develop an idea and then just pursue it and then nail it to perfection right from the get-go. They want easy drinking beers, and that's what they're doing. Delicious. So much fun. They just went on this pilgrimage um, to Europe. I was about to ask you. And um, I'm drinking. Uh, they, they started nice. a new series because of this pilgrimage. And I'm crushing this now. I have no idea how to pronounce this. An Emer Naturub. It's a very German, <laughs> yes. German beer, it sounds like. Uh, it's a Keller beer. It's 4.8%. Um, I had a few yesterday, and I'm enjoying this one right now. It's it's a table beer, um, delicious. Yeah. Just I love going there. I love my neighbors. Um, they're, they're doing real good. Um, I'm excited to see where they keep growing, how they keep uh, refining this identity of easy drinking beers. Um, their bottle program has been expanding, and I have not tasted it, but everything that I've seen looks super interesting. And uh, I'm excited to see where they go. They're a young brewery, you know? So there's a lot of breweries that, you know, sadly didn't make it throughout the pan- like the, the follow-up after the pandemic. And they opened during the pandemic, and they seem to be striving. So I, I hope that they keep pushing through. I like Melon a lot. I, I wish they had a wider distro outside of the, the pub itself, because I would probably drink more of it. But every time I've gone, um, I've had a really good time. I like the vibe of the spot. In the area, which is your area, Matt. Um, I don't know. I've gone on a few dates there. I've I've gone with friends. It's just like it's a fun place to go. It's easy drinking beer. It, they they they're really all about the kind of contemporary notion of like balance and rediscovering balance in beer. You know, I mean, we we all love our haze and all these things, but that's those are beer styles that in theory aren't you know known for their balance it's more of the intensity and then finding balance within that intensity but what melon seems to do is very clean very easy drinking generally speaking like i don't even aside from maybe like some big stouts i don't think they often do double ipas or high abv beers it's always pale ales ipas 
but everything's clean, well done, simple, and I enjoy that. Um, it's rare that I'll have something from them that I don't think is solid. Everything that I've drank on tap there has been great. Like David and Alex are, are such good dudes, man. I went down in August. That was one of the places that was on my list to strongly. Like I, I had very little time. And there was only a few places, and uh, that was on, on my list. So I went down at the very end of the night on the last night, and Simo Simon from uh, the Spas met me down there with Carl, and um, we had a few beers, and it was it was a good vibe. So I missed the boys. So I didn't get to see them, but uh, I got to hang out for a bit and had some of the haze, spectacular. I had their Luca on tap, like some of their crispies are just brilliant. I was actually drinking them at uh, Boreal earlier. I went for a link-up event. So I was drinking that at uh, Melon at, at Boreal as well. They're just like, and they partnered with Pizza Tony, which was a, a great place Super we used smart. to go to. Yeah. It's so smart, bro. On uh, St. Vieter there, which is in our old hood in Milan, which uh, is just the best. And I just feel like, yeah, man, to see what they've created, I actually haven't been able to really, really, that was the closest I got to hang out, but it was like, I went at like midnight on a Saturday or Sunday or something. Uh, Saturday, I think. So it was like I went at like the end of the night, and so I didn't really get to experience that full thing of sitting down and getting food and like you know spending time there. It was just because the trip was so rushed. But um, they're just doing some really great stuff. Like you said, Maddie, I was going to ask. I'm, I'm glad that you, you got to drink uh, some of those crispies. So they went to like uh, Germany and, and Czech Republic and all that, and got really inspiring. So they're so serious about it. And that was one of my favorite things is when breweries in Quebec, I really feel like Quebec, Ontario, we're doing it like with Godspeed and Tooth and Nail and stuff. But I think like um, Quebec with Silo and, and um, Milan and different people like that were really just coming through with these fucking incredible uh, crispies. And, and it's just, it's super dope, man. I just, I like what they're doing. Super refreshing. And they, they're doing it because they care. It's expensive. It's time-consuming to make those products, and they're just lagers, but they're not just lagers, you know? Like, they truly are special beers, and um, I, it's just it's it's super cool. I like what they're doing with the business. The branding's great. The photos, I think it's one of their girlfriends that does the photos, who is an amazing so photographer. She, she's phenomenal, which, which makes it look cool. I just... I like the vibe. Like, funnily enough, before we moved here, um, Alex's brother, David, was our real estate agent. We were actually looking for property in... Um, in uh, Montreal before we decided to, to buy out here. So they're just like good cats. You know, the family, Dave is actually one of the investors in the brewery as well. So like they really created a community and had these big lines when they were first opening and stuff. And they've just, it's a much needed institution in the area. And I just think it's really dope. And, you know, people seem to have a good time. And it sounds like they're really attracting a different demographic of people to that. Totally. Cause it almost feels like more of a bar than a brewery as such. Right. Like, cause the patio is so cool. That's you go what, in from, there, and it's 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 not beer nerds necessarily that are there. It's it's the people of the community the, of that area that are going there to grab a, a beer and have a chat with their friend. It's actually perfect because then there's people who go there not for the drinks, but to to do that to hang out with people. Exactly, and then they have a great experience because like, wow, these beers are really good. I didn't know I liked beer like this. Oh, mm-hmm. this is this hellish lager that looks like the other beers I drink tastes good. What about that other yellow thing? And, you know, mm-hmm. they'll start trying more different stuff. And they've got saisons. They really care about, like, you know, they've got fooders in the back there. And um, like you said, no, they were doing stouts and stuff. So, like, I don't know. They're just doing some really phenomenal. That's one of those places, like, we've talked about before that are, like, community hub breweries. And, uh, like, and that's something that, that that's something that's so important. Like, like to for a brewery of that pedigree to be able to bring in people other than just beer nerds, like, is something that 
is really helpful to grow the scene. So unfortunately, I, I don't have an, an original creation from this brewery with me right now. It's unfortunately a, a collaboration, but I think it'll it'll be okay. So uh, the next brewery is um, Sir John. Uh, so over the last year, um, I've been drinking a lot more Sir John than I ever did before. Or maybe the last year and a half or so. Because previously I found their stuff... I've never had an issue with like the green thing of IPAs, but there was this sharpness to their beers that wasn't that appealing to me a lot of the time. And I felt like either they did a good job with the beer or it was a complete and utter disaster that needed to go down the drain. So it wasn't something that I was going to invest money in because half the time I didn't like it. But then in the last year, year and a half, everything I've had has been on point and solid. It, you know, obviously your preferences of, you know, liking one a bit more than the other or whatever, but, um, you know, never anything that was, um, bad and, their IPAs are in my top five for Quebec, if not top four, and I'm drinking them a lot more now, and I really enjoy them. So in 2023, they really... Because I feel like they... I agree with you. There were some times... And like this is admittedly... We had uh, Max and... Um, Joel. Thank you, Joe. On the pod, such cool guys for the link-up. They did link-up beer. Their link-up beer was fucking amazing. Now to hear you say, bro, that they've... Um, you know, they've really like sort of stepped it up and really got hold of that production is, is amazing. Cause I feel like they had some of the most potential in Quebec and, and they just, they were so consistent. Sorry. They weren't as consistent, but they had the most potential. So to, to, I had a couple of their beers, I think over the last year, maybe Nate, you might've got me, but, um, not, not as much as I would have liked. So I don't have as much to say about them in 2023, but, the ones that I did have were just all fantastic, and uh, that's a really good sign. Absolutely, they they're awesome. They're, they're people that like bought a brewery, started a brewery without knowing how to brew, which is really? crazy. We haven't yeah, had them like okay, which is crazy. And then they they've learned and they they hire the right people and they got the right stuff going on. But they right from the that start actually explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 dick, they, they, they hired the people they moved things through things uh, they had like a solid they were had this green profile for the beginning of their career which uh, some people really enjoyed myself I enjoyed it actually and then it seems to have gone away which is something you had to like mourn built a bigger facility and then that's when the inconsistencies came in I think is when, when you start doubling tripling stuff and moving stuff and then hypothetically there's been staff changes maybe but they've really solidified and come through. Uh, 2023, they were the Haze Lords. They won Vox and Hops' Haze Wars. Uh, the six breweries that were put head to head with the HBC 586 from Yakima Chief Hops. Sir John won, despite the fact that their beer wasn't hazy. <laughs> but I think that it, it was a great beer. It was it was it was awesome, and it stood out compared to the other six that were there. Was it a New England though, like, or was it? No, it was supposed to. It was a New England. It was supposed to be like a hazy IPA because it's haze wars. But theirs was a little bit more right. clear. But when you're served six beers that all taste the same, basically, and one of them sort of stands out, yeah. which one are you going to vote for? Right? It's sort of like skewed the vote, maybe. But uh, the beer was delicious, uh, and they killed it, and they have been killing it. And uh, their twelve oh one stout is delicious. Uh, I've had some other fruited sours, solid. 
their branding is amazing, which I love. And they always, and they also do a lot of branding that like ties into like, uh, Quebec culture and stuff, which is fun. Totally. Like, like the hot dog one and they have the miscellaneous like stuff in the brew pub that they use. Um, can art. I'm not sure if it came out last year or this year, but like zip ties, duct tape, you know, and like, you're like, wow, what's this next can the art going to be? It's, it's zip ties and everyone would laugh, but they make it work. There was one that there was one that was like, like, like beans, all over it or something like or something like that i think that was even a it was like beans one. and franks or whatever i had that yeah one. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah yeah exactly yeah i've had that one too yeah yeah uh, they, they kill it they, uh, they i drank a bunch of them because they're available at like and and they're available everywhere just about now uh one of the that we would not have a top 10 without sir john it's uh, i would i would have fought for that one who's next i'm next i'm ready to go i'm ready i'm i'm, I'm really stoked about this brewery uh i think they're the brewery that impressed me the most this year i just Covered them because of uh, Kevin from La Canette. He's uh, really championing them uh, to the to me basically and hypothetically to to uh, he enjoys a lot of stuff and everything. He uh, and maybe to the rest of the Vilray population. And I'm talking about Nano Cinco uh, from Quebec City. They're they're they like under a year old, just over a year old at this point. Oh, yeah. um, they tend to distribute a lot of their haze, which is how I discovered them. I've been enjoying a lot of them right now. I'm enjoying this one, the Disco Fire, which is basically a New England pale ale, which I'm loving the style. I mentioned it earlier with Ciel, uh, this this light haze that's not a session because i hate session ipas there's always something missing there's it's nice it's 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 still got some body to it it's still got some bite to it uh this is crushing a bunch of those freestyle hops by the way another brewery that's truly embraced the freestyle hops the color's gorgeous um just just killing it killing it lots of haze that, that they've been primarily distributing really very very good uh when i played in quebec city uh i went there before the show and i tasted uh, their their pisners their lagers they were freaking spectacular their smoothies were to die for so goddamn good they had a uh, little uh, charcuterie um, platters that you can order both meat based and a total vegan one and i don't talk about being vegan very often on the podcast but i'm vegan and it's nice to go to a brewery and have an option that's as equally as awesome as the meat option Great and point. it was literally freaking amazing there was i'm still thinking about these cold cuts that they had these vegan cold cuts that were like made by some woman in Quebec City. I want this contact. Whoever has her, I want her. I want these cold cuts in <laughs> my life. Well, they were freaking... Whoever has her, I want her. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, you did you do that? Matt enjoys a lot of stuff and everything. So, <laughs> Including including some uh, a wonderful woman's vegan charcuteries um, in Quebec City that were available at Nano Cinco. <laughs> I want her meat. Her her faux vegan meat. meat I want her faux meat. Um, I'm excited about them. They changed their branding throughout the year, which is another smart move. If you're thinking about like a brewery that's under a year old and they're already examining their branding on the market at this point, that's a brewery that's like on their heels. They're, they're not comfortable. They're not taking anything for granted. If you're like six months into an identity and you're like, something's not working, let's change it. That excites me. It's a great brewery. I, I'm very excited to see where these guys go. 
Yeah, no, they they are very good, especially for uh, like for how young they are. Um, I'm drinking a Nano Cinco adjacent one right now. Um, I wasn't able to get my hands on um, one from the like from them themselves, but I've got a collab that uh, like brewed by La Souche with them called uh, Lou de Sol, which uh, like which is yeah, New England uh, New England IPA, and it's very good. I think they're doing some really cool stuff. I really, I don't know if I even got to have anything in 2023, if I'm honest, kind of, I think a bunch of us have had like at least a brewery each in this list because there's four of us combining that we maybe didn't get to try anything of. And that that was one for me. But um, from from all accounts, I know they definitely very, very uh, deserve, very much deserve their position on, on a top 10 in Quebec. And I'm excited to see what they do in 2024 for sure. So, so it's not Saint Cambaron, but who is it? We, we, there, there's people that are watching this. There's two in your name in your head right now that you're imagining this is going to be. Yes, we'll let Noah unveil it because. Wait, 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 wait. There, oh, Masorum Brassatorium, everyone. Hell, fucking yes. We were talking, and we were like. Man, can we fucking make Sankiem the bre- the brewery of the year for three years in a row? It's kind of like people are going to be like, "Are you guys investors or something?" And we were like, "Okay, well, who else could be a brewery of the year?" And personally, obviously, we all know we could all probably say why. I got to visit in August. I was able. To, I went through. Uh, Nate hooked me up with some Masorum throughout the year. My friend Fred hooked me up, so I did get to try a bunch of Masorum throughout the year, whether it's their crispies, some haze, some stouts, all of the above. And uh, I went there in August. Mark Andre was such a fucking G. He hooked us up. So Noah, you had to leave, but he took me and Matt and Tiff and our friends on a tour, and I think some other friends. And it was just a hilarious, like hour and a half tour. I hadn't seen it all. We got to try a bunch of beer from the tank. We we're just cracking it. Filion was hilarious. Um, it was so cool to see how they'd grown. All the beers that I had were fantastic uh, on tap there. Whether it was crispies, um, all the different hay smoothies. The food was fantastic, the way they set up the kitchen, like it had changed so much. And before I left in 2022, I went there for my birthday in April 2022, and I went there again before I left. It was a little, I didn't have a car in Montreal, and it's a little hard for me to get to, but it, it was just, it's so cool to see them grow and and continue to refine, because I feel like there was a period for Masorum where they were a little patchy, where I was getting beers from them, and I feel like it wasn't as consistent, just like we said with Sir John. And this, in 2023... Bro, the best Masorum have insane. The smoothies, the crisp, and, and Philion was saying that the the crispies are outselling the the haze, which is which even is super interesting. Which is, but the crispies are fucking money, bro. Like the crispies are so yeah, good. they are. All I could say is that like going there in August, I was like, I get it, I absolutely get it. Everything I brought home, like their haze was phenomenal. Like six weeks in, that is unheard of, bro. Like. Like a one and, and better uh, and better than their haze has been like, like I would say like a year or two prior. It's like it, the, the, there was a notable step up this past year. It was just so impeccable. You're 100 percent Nate, and it was I was so impressed with everything with Masorum. And we were like, look, if we're going to come up with another brewery that's going to be as like maybe not as quite as diverse as Sankiem, but like that are just nailing everything they're doing from Crispies, West Coast, New England, Stouts, their farmhouse uh, barrel-aged stuff, um, smoothies, 
the merch is phenomenal. The tap room just keeps getting bigger and better. Like the experience is like they were playing some classic hip hop that like made me so happy when when I was just chilling. I was like, I could come here all the time. And I was like, I understand Noah. I get it. This is a fucking vibe, bro. Like, yeah, which makes it even more convenient. And I'm just like, okay, I completely get it. And I, I really truly was like, this is. They deserve it. They deserve the brewery of the year for 2023 for sure. I'd love to hear what you guys think in a little more in depth because you guys would have probably had more than me, but I had more than any Quebec brewery. I had Masson on the most in 2023 and it was not a question. Yeah. I mean, out of all the beers that I drank in 2023, Masson would by far be probably the most. Um, they're my local, <laughs> they're my local spot. Um, I go there often. Obviously, Mastorum opened up originally as, you know, a contemporary American-style hazy New England IPA brewery. And then over time, um, refined their IPAs and then slowly started moving on to other things like stouts and smoothies. And I think it's... It's when they started introducing their loggers that I truly started to like feel the respect of what they were doing because giant, intense, hazy IPAs are almost the counterweight to ultra-refined, clean loggers. And being able to nail both of those things was quite eye-opening and then and then they or i'm trying to remember if it was before or after but then they started releasing all these mixed fermentation barrel aged it's calm sours but also those were and are very refined very subtle they're not particularly acidic so like it's not like you're going to like small pony or anything like they're very subtle and the funk is perfect and so they have this extensive barrel program where whether it's stouts or mixed fermentation and then they're killing IPAs and then they're killing fucking lagers. And then this year in 2023, they finally started dipping into other styles. So they had uh, an ESB on um, and then their American their American brown ale, the second batch, was fucking spectacular. I had it the other day with Filion, and like they 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 do it on um on nitro, so like um they do it with uh, nitrogen, so like it pours out like a Guinness, but it's like slightly hoppy American brown ale. So it's just a matter of time, I think, in terms of them getting closer to having um perhaps a slightly more diverse menu and then I'll never need to go anywhere else. <laughs> oh, but before, before anyone else speaks, um, the, the beer I'm drinking is absurd. Um, it's in a, a pastry stout that's barrel aged um, in wild turkey with at wild turkey barrels, which is for those that don't know bourbon or is it whiskey? Anyway. Um, with banana, with bananas and cacao and vanilla and all kinds of man, madness, but luscious, but uh, spectacular. I feel like they've really refined everything. They've really like maybe they're in. They got through their growth phase, and they got to the point of the refining phase. 
where like maybe they were trying to get their brand out like everybody knows them they've, they've been doing a lot of festivals in the u.s people in the u.s i see them talking about them all the time um because where i'm at now i'm in a lot of the buffalo beer groups and i see the buffalo beer groups talk about them and stuff i'm like oh interesting because they've been doing collabs with a bunch of the cats out this way you know with uh, mortalis which is the homies and and things like that so like you know they've really been getting out there to the right places in the states american solera they were fucking with pretty heavy um with um with other half as well like it's it's been really cool to see them be embraced because i remember noah you probably remember this too um in quebec they were told they opened in july 2018 and i was fucking aggressively campaigning for a brewery like them pre for the year or so previous because there was nothing like that in Quebec. And there were people telling them, I won't say who it was, but they, Filion told me that, and uh, Vince told me that they, you know, they had a particular very well-regarded Quebec brewery telling them they're not going to work, they're going to fail. Um, and obviously it was the complete opposite of that because Quebec wasn't used to it. Quebec was so traditional and exceptionally so. Quebec had, you know, all the barrel-age stuff and farmhouse and Belgian-style stuff just fucking locked. Nobody could touch it. And they didn't think there was room in the market for this. But then you saw the Quebec. I had a, like so many Quebec people on my Instagram and, and on tap that went to Vermont every weekend. And I'm not exaggerating. They went to every foam, Burlington. You know who I'm talking about. And they're all cool people. They drink a lot of Masorum too. Like going to foam, Burlington, Beer Co., all them shits every single weekend. Um, Hill Farmstead. Because they wanted to get that stuff because they couldn't get it at home. And now they're getting it home. They're still getting it down there. But they're able to you know now at home it's it's really a a, a, a big thing and you know Masorum are at the uh, funk on the water festival there for foam they're really like got their footprint in the u.s and i think it's it makes me very happy to see how many people know who they are and are excited about trying their stuff and and i just feel like it really shows what you know quebec can do i feel like they're really an exemplary uh, quebec brewery that if you were going to put them against the world at large or at least north america to send them south of the border be like fuck yeah bro that shows exactly what quebec can do it shows them what canada can do to be honest they're in you know they got to be up there in canada yeah i love masorum because uh they're my friends i grew up playing shows with a lot of them i've toured with uh, vince across canada touring again um <laughs> in a band <laughs> in a band uh wow. he was in a van on tour <laughs> on tour across Canada, he was a drummer, and now he's a oh. brewer. And I met Noah. I met Noah at Masorum. That's where we met. I don't know if you remember that, but I remember that it was the soft I, launch. Of course, I remember that. We we and um, the the beers were green, but it was cool. And to go there and go every year, I basically did anniversary episodes with them just about every year, except for the past few. And to go back every year and get the tour in the back, like we got uh, Craig in August, and to watch my friends succeed and watch them grow and watch it get bigger and bigger and now it's just astonishingly big it's it's freaking incredible it's unbelievable it's un i remember the first time i went after like for real after when it was open i was disappointed it wasn't metal i'm okay with that now you enjoyed all the hip-hop that night and it didn't bother Thank me you, either i liked watching you having so much fun they and, were playing uh, classic like and you were like legit. do you know this and i was like i was like i don't know this but <laughs> i was like don't you know my like genre that you don't participate like, in that? no Come i on. don't know it at all but just watch people that that 
took a mindset of of being in a touring band and investing everything into their next project, which is a brewery, is astonishing. And they're succeeding, and they're doing it well. Every single style, they're excelling at. Why? Because they do not cut corners. And that's why they're number one this year. That's why they are the brewery of the year. Because they did not cut corners. They invest in the brewery and not their pockets. You could tell. But they they were a very deserving brewery. I feel like it was a bit of a switch-up from Sankiam for the last couple of years. And uh, it was I feel like in the chat, as, as we were like asking this question where it was like I think it should be Masorum and all of you guys were like yes yep it wasn't like much of a question we all <laughs> knew that Noah wanted Masorum anyway and for for Matt not, and Nate and I we were just like look if it's not Sankey M Masorum have really like but like in all aside from the catch which was a new brewery to me so they're very much in the this conversation for next year for 2024 or well, this year um Masorum deserved it. They truly, truly deserved it. And uh, they're just a spectacular example of what Canadian craft beer is. And look, I know, Maddie, you toured because you're in a band, right? I toured it. You know what? You know that I, I when I was in San Diego, um, Filion and Chapu came to my show because they were there in San Diego doing a collab with North Park. And when I was in Seattle, Vince and the brewer, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. I was trying to remember as we were going Gary. through this night because I was, <laughs> I was going to do, do It's not. It's a, I was I was going to tell this story. They came to my show in Seattle because they were there for the Yakima Hops uh, picking uh, cycle. So so yes, about touring. Yes, uh, I love them. Yes, I like a lot of things and stuff. <laughs> it's nearly three yeah, hours. That's why we're, we're getting a bit messy. Um, I like that you got to see them in in the states. Is cool. It's Gab, by the way. It is Gab. Sorry, Gab. Yeah. In 2023, like in in from the pandemic, I didn't do too much. We were fucking dealing with moving here and all this bullshit so in 2023 i traveled the most at least in the states i went to the states a lot and the one thing i came back with was like everywhere i went in the states for the most part aside from maybe like virginia north carolina was like we got a better at home badlands third moon misarum a better brewski a better and i i hold that so true like I am so fucking proud of Canadian craft beer, bro. Like, I mean that for real. Like, everywhere I go, I think the American stuff is great. Fidens are probably the best Hayes brewery in the world, I think. But aside from them, every, you know, there was some, you know, I discovered, you know, burial and, and resident culture in, in North Carolina. And, you know, there's a bunch of phenomenal breweries in, in every, really everywhere you go. As you know, uh, Matt, because you're on tour, but. Yes, yes. I'll be in Copenhagen soon. Yeah, but <laughs> you be, okay, amazing. On tour, this is great. So go check cryptopsy.com. Cryptopsy I get it fucking dot .ca, com. please, but dot .ca exactly. Um <laughs> and I just and just seeing the crazy shit we have in Canada, like oh, you know, whatever, whether it's BC, Ontario, Quebec and and everywhere in between, like, you know, we're here talking tonight about Quebec and I just feel like you, bro, like we're fucking. If you didn't, if you weren't able to travel to go anywhere, and you were only getting the stuff locally, you have nothing to be worried about here in Canada, bro. Like I really, you're not lacking anything. You're not missing anything. There's some fun. It's fun to explore. Like whether it's good, bad, or whatever, the idea is exploring, and that in and of itself is fun, right? Cool. But the end result, 
doing and i think it's like over the pandemic when people had a little more quiet time to figure it the fuck out and drill it down whether it's third moon badlands will bold counterpart meso bar canada sankey m fucking brewski godspeed silo you know all that nano senko bg tooth and like this is so many incredible breweries that like you just you're never going to get tired of it and you're never going to be like ah. like you'll want something else but this shit here at home in our own backyard is going to scratch that itch for you more than anything else and it's uh we should be very proud and very very satisfied and i'm i'm super stoked for everything that's happening in quebec and it's uh it's just so beautiful to see it's just man what a time you know what a weird fucking time to be alive so many strange things are happening but if you want to be a bit more relaxed and just be like look at craft beer like you know whilst maybe there's so many other problems with taxes with the gen z dickheads not drinking enough drink more um you know all the you know people drinking more seltzers ready to drink rtds whatever when it comes to craft beer like you know meso are an example that can that canada can be canada not just quebec like canada can be proud of and be like this is some of the best stuff on the planet Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was a blast to record. I don't know if you guys could tell, but we were having a lot of fun. And if you would like to see the long form of this, because we went on for three and a half hours, I managed to cut out a lot of stuff from this, mostly a lot of really funny laughing sections uh, where you had to see what we were doing or it was a long build up into a joke context. Well, you can do that because the video is now live on BAOS's YouTube. I have put the link for that in the description of this podcast. Loads of love to Craig, Noah and Nathan for doing this with me. I freaking love the Quebec craft beer scene and I love hanging out with you guys and talking about it you guys are extremely knowledgeable and i uh, i'm i always love to hang out with people that know more about topics than i know so massive massive cheers to craig noah and nathan loved it and i cannot wait till next year i would like to give some honorable mentions uh, some breweries that i did not give shout outs to that i would like to give shout outs to because as we mentioned a uh, top 10 list you know, when you're putting it together with a bunch of people, not all of your choices get put onto that list. And for myself, there are a few that I would love to give shout outs to. Most importantly, Mutaid, my favorite metal themed bar here in Montreal. They make killer low ABV crushers, uh, delicious lagers, delicious low ABV, smooth IPAs. And it's a super metal place. I hosted the fifth anniversary of Vox and Hops there this year. And I also celebrated my 40th birthday there. So massive love to Mutaid. I definitely, definitely love you guys very, very, very much. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will also get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to hear about any projects I have in the works for the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, and you will also be updated on whatever I got going on with Cryptopsy. 
that's right. Cryptopsy, we just dropped our brand new album back in September of 2023, and we are doing a whole bunch of stuff. We are planning a massive 2024, starting with that European tour, uh, the Unquestionable Blasphemy Tour with Atheists that's coming up at the end of February. It's running all across Europe until the end of March. You also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' metal architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer weekend. I will be back next week on Tuesday with another episode, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.